How's it going? This is Kenneth, and you're listening to The Kilted Preacher. How's it going, everyone? So, first things first, mandatory apologies. Haha, <laughs> I kid. No, but seriously, I had already posted out uh, episode 11 already on my podcast, and the audio was all jacked up, as my lovely wife informed me. And uh, I had posted on my Instagram, you know, hey, there's something wrong with this. Now, I should have known to delete the episode, and I apologize because I saw some people watched it uh, after putting that up. So I do apologize for that. I deleted that episode, and here we go starting anew. Uh, So with that out of the way, and without further ado, I'm going to talk about... (coughs) Um, something that's uh, crucial for revival and for sustaining revival. And we're going to start in Leviticus 10, of all places. (laughs) We're talking about revival, and we're turning to the book of Leviticus. Yes, this is happening. So, Leviticus 10. And if you need to pause and get to these addresses, if you want to follow along, by all means, and... uh, We'll get started from there. So Leviticus 10. A little uh, backstory. The Lord had told Moses to tell the people, Hey, y'all need to prepare. I'm going to come visit y'all. So sanctify yourselves and uh, prepare a feast. And so they did that. And then the Lord showed up, consumed the sacrifice. And then that's where we get to verse 1 in chapter 10. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, Uh, took either of themselves censers and put fire therein and put uh, incense therein and offered strange fire before the Lord, uh, which he commanded them not. And there went out a fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is that which the Lord spoke, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come near me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Now, because I know some people will flip out at this. Is any of this that I read here any kind of Levitical law? Do you Did you hear a thou shalt not in there? I mean, other than offer a strange fire before the Lord. None of this is like a law here. And then you have where Moses is telling Aaron something that the Lord said about himself. And this is what I wanted to get to was verse 3. Was uh, the Lord said, this is him speaking of his own character. If anyone's going to... Uh, draw near him, they they must sanctify, or they must regard him as holy, is how another translation says it. Uh, or that person has to separate themselves from uh, from everyone else. That's what sanctified means. And it, he also said, among the people I will be glorified. And, uh, you know, no, no flesh will glory in the presence of the Lord. And that's where... I was getting at with coming to Leviticus 10 was first of all, uh, the first prerequisite when it comes to uh, revival or sustaining revival is you have to be born again. If you're not born again, then you're not regarding God as holy. You're not, uh, you're not glorifying God uh, amongst his people. And, that's something that is an absolute must. But also, if you're not born again, revival is not really, it shouldn't be a concern of yours. Whether you're pastor, choir member, 
a youth pastor or just member of the church that's been there 40 something years it doesn't really matter like you have to be born again you need to be born again and that should be your utmost concern because if you're not born again what did jesus tell us in john 3 you will not see the kingdom of heaven uh, and if you're not born again the wrath of god is abiding on your head already because you'll be held accountable for all the sins you've ever committed and thought and the books will be open and the book of life will be open and everything you ever thought said did or wanted to do uh, you'll have to give an answer for both public and private things. You'll have to give an answer for, uh, according to Ecclesiastes. And uh, the Book of Life will be open, and your name will be found blotted out. And some of that, and you might be thinking, wow, this is really harsh. I thought we were talking about revival. Well, we are, but I'm going to throw in a gospel pitch here. Uh, and if you think I'm being too judgmental and too, too harsh, uh, Offense is subjective, and really I'm telling you uh, why you need a Savior in the first place. I'm, I, I should be making Jesus seem much more appealing in your eyes if you're not born again. Um, I'll also tell you that Jesus said in John 1 that this is the judgment that light has come into the world, and people hid in the dark rather than be exposed in the light. And so don't let pride get in your way and cause offense. And if you are offended, realize it's pride. And uh, God rejects the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Uh, three times the Bible says this. And what biblical humility is, uh, if I could summarize it, is just blatant honesty. It's just being honest with God about yourself. Being honest with yourself about yourself and realize, look, if you're not born again, you know, that needs to be your greatest concern. And I said that probably five times now, but it's because I can't emphasize it enough. Uh, we don't know when our last breath is, but more importantly, like without the blood of Jesus, there's no remission for our sin. And the wages of sin is death, and you only have one life to give. But you've sinned way more than once. If you're a person like me, if you have skin like I do, if you take up space and breathe, then you've sinned more than once in your life, like I have, like I said. Why am I sharing this? Is because this is something similar to the very first thing the Lord uh, told me in my initial encounter with the in my initial encounter with the Lord. And if He didn't tell me that, and He said to me, "What I deserve was hell." Uh, if He didn't tell me that, I wouldn't have cried out, and then I never would have experienced His goodness, grace, and mercy like I would like you to. So uh, that is going to be. Okay, we're going to move on because um, I actually want to get to this key because this key has been uh, like really, really great and stuff. Great and stuff. I'm trying to flip here. I had a bookmarker here so I could flip here quicker and I foolishly removed that bookmarker. But if you want to turn to Galatians. Uh, chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 20. And if you need to pause, pause, catch up, you know, whatever you need to do. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live uh, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do, th uh, do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law, then 
Christ is dead is dead in vain. I wanted to add verse 21 in there because there's so many teachings and preachings and books about crucifying yourself uh, with Christ, and a lot of it's like beat your flesh into submission, which there there is aspects of discipline to Christianity, but you will never be able to stop sinning. If you're a person in the flesh, you're gonna, I, you know, I'm not speaking death over you. I'm just saying you're gonna sin at least one more time before you die in your life, even being born again. And that's not what Paul's actually saying here. <clears throat> if you look at the last bit of verse 20, he says, uh, The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. There's so much key in that that gets missed out. Um, what he's saying here is he crucifies himself with Christ daily by uh, believing, by having faith, in the Son of God, who loved him and gave himself for him. There's revelation that Paul has that God is for him, not against him. That God loves him and even likes him, and likes to hang out with Paul. Now that he's born again and spirit-filled, he likes to hang out with Paul. And that God desires nothing but good things for him. It says here, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We know this. Uh, Especially if you go to my church, the banner uh, behind the band, it, it, you know, uh, Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his love towards us in this. While we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we know the very crucifixion of Christ is evidence that God loves us. And uh, there's there's a lot of revelation that Paul's coming from with this. But how we crucify ourselves with Christ is by faith. And that's why he goes on to say, do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died in vain. Paul's saying here, and he's emphasizing that he crucifies himself uh, with Christ through faith. And what does this kind of look like? Well, first of all, and this was kind of like the liberating point uh, that the Lord showed me and brought it, it brought a lot of joy. It brought a lot of liberating joy when this hit me while I was, you know, at at church, and our church has been in revival for years now. Uh, and I, I'm, I've known this scripture, uh, but you know, that's the beautiful thing about Holy Spirit is He will reveal more and more and more with each scripture, and uh, that's kind of what happened. So if you turn to Philippians three. Starting in verse 8. Yes, doubtless, and I have counted all things but for loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, uh, and do count them as, as dung, that I may win Christ. Let's go on to verse 9. And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through uh, the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Now let me see here. I love verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death. 
but we're going to skip a few verses because we're going to stay on topic. Go to verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, uh, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward unto those things which are before. I press uh, toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. How do we crucify our flesh? Something the Lord showed me about crucifying the flesh. Well, two things. Uh, it's through faith and not of your works, our works, my works. It's also forgetting the past, the good and the bad. None of that, uh, none of that matters now because all of it, good and bad, is under the blood. <clears throat> and we need to, you know, in revival, you need to focus in the moment of letting the Lord do whatever He wants to do with you, yielding completely the Holy Spirit in those moments which allows you to hear things, to see things, have things revealed to you, being healed, lots of things. Like God genuinely loves you and wants to fix problems. And he also wants to hang out with you. And revival isn't just a corporate outpouring. Revival first starts and always starts and initially starts in, in the individual. Every single, especially in the 20th century, which we have more information on than previous revivals, uh, every single revival that we have uh, information on always started with one or two or three people, including Azusa Street. And, uh, you know, it, it goes from there. So it has to start in you, and you have to believe that God wants to give you revival personally. And one of the most freeing things in the world is saying, you know what, everything I've ever done for the Lord and every failure I've had trying to do stuff for the Lord Every sin, every victory, everything, I'm just going to put that at the cross. And I'm going to say, all this is covered under the blood. None of it matters anymore. God, here I am, you know, and go from there. And that is, that was the, that's it. That was the liberating key. Uh, we could, <laughs> we could end the podcast right here. That's it. No, but seriously, uh. And a lot of people have issue with this, and it's, again, uh, pride, and, you know, that's why that's why some of the reasons why God does what he does, and people make fun of revival and say, oh, that's not God, you know, seeing people laughing, people crying, people, you know, quote-unquote hysteric, oh, that's not orderly. It is if the person who is facilitating the revival is saying, let God do whatever God wants to do. It, you know, I hear people say, oh, it's not orderly. It is. It is. It is if a Holy Spirit is being allowed to do what a Holy Spirit wants to do. Um, is it orderly in a, a dead sermon, you know, where everyone's quiet and, you know, you may hear the turning of the page, but it's like a really religious setting and, you know, everyone's all solemn and somber? No. No, in that case, it wouldn't be orderly because that's not what's going on there. But in the case of revival, Holy Spirit is being facilitated too, and people come to these places to yield to Holy Spirit to allow Him to do whatever He wants to do. It's completely in order. And uh, people that say that, they're just making excuses because, yet again, uh, pride. And Holy Spirit does what He does because He's trying to get rid of pride. Uh why? Because God will be glorified amongst the people, and he will be regarded as holy, and no flesh will glory in his presence. And yet at the same time, he gives you life and life more abundantly, 
He heals the innermost parts of your being. He heals your body physically, which I can attest to. And like, uh, let me let me tell you, the the, the trade off is is great. Like, I would give the Lord my pride, you know, and receive whatever He wants me to have because every gift from the Father is good, right? First John, and so yeah, I would say crucify yourself in faith in the Son of God. And throw pride out the window. It's a really good key to revival. And with that being said, I will say this episode is more to the length that I desired the first time around. So definitely one good thing that came out of a bad recording uh, earlier was that I get to have an episode that is more to my liking. <laughs> I'm going to put that bad episode behind me and I'm going to press forward to my mark and calling in god <laughs> no but seriously uh this has been the kilted preacher and i thank you for listening and you should follow me on instagram you can look me up the kilted preacher uh, or kenneth davis you can look me up there i would love to interact with you you have questions comments concerns uh would love to talk to you there and that that's a really good way of getting a hold of me and reaching me so um yeah, I would say with that, thank you for listening. This has been the Kilted Preacher, and you have a blessed, blessed day.